Hello, everyone, and thank you very much for tuning into the Sheila Zielinski Show today. I have a fantastic guest, but before I jump into the program, I'm asking people to get behind this ministry. As most people know, YouTube has completely demonetized my platform. I have not made an income on YouTube since 2018. This is 100% listener supported, no advertisements, no interruptions. That is something that I heard from you, the listener. If you would stand behind this ministry and support it, this is not a 501c3 ministry. You can become a patron or there's other ways that you can help financially. You simply can go to SheilaZelinski.com. We've made it really easy, a lot of different ways that you've requested and we answered those requests and we came up with convenient ways for you to support the program, including Zelle, Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, and other ways to support. The great thing about Patreon, if you become a patron of mine, there is perks coming. I'm trying to get that organized, and I'd like to be able to also go to a more of a TV-style program, but that is not my forte. But one of the things that you know that I've said at the early part of July is I really want to hire some staff because the uh, demand on this ministry is very overwhelming. It's a lot of times I communicate to my patrons only. It's a very great way to stay in the loop as well. And I'm counting on people to get behind it. Well, I want to jump right into the program. My guest today is a good friend of the program. He is long overdue. It is Pastor Elvis Newhart from Hamburg Church of Deliverance. And Elvis, you and I talked about the insanity that seems to be the order of the day to complete lunacy abounds. The whole White House has COVID and round two is coming and it's going to be worse tonight with the flu. It's the pandemic, the twindemic. We've got every reactor rod going off at the same time here. We're getting hit with the kitchen sink. We've got so much coming at us. We've got a major election in under a month. The world is in turmoil. People are tearing up the streets. So much distraction, so much derision, division. There's so many challenges of people right now. Let's face it, people are just absolutely in a depression. This is so tormenting. So I couldn't think of a better topic today. And I invited Elvis on because I think it's going to be such a powerful help today to those believers that listen to this program. Listen, you need a solution. Look no further. You need results in your life. Well, stay tuned because Elvis is going to present an incredible teaching. So Elvis, welcome back to the program. You're long overdue, my friends. So good to have you back on. Right. Well, thank you very much, Sheila, and thanks for having me on the program here. It's uh, great to be back. Uh, it has been a while, but hey, it's always uh, yeah, it's always good to be missed, they say. Today, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about freedom from torment. And like you said, Sheila, it's a really interesting times that we are living in right now through the media, through uh, you know CV-19, everything every, everybody's going through now. Boy, there is a lot of torments that come through that. We get torment every day through, you know, torment or pushed upon every day through the media, through things that go on with our life and us having to deal with what they want to put on is called the new normal. But I want to show this here too, and it's really good. We're going to talk about torments. We're going to talk about vexations tonight, and we're going to bring this right out of the Word of God. And it's because the Word of God is applicable, uh, you know, for, for these times, just as it was 2,000 years ago. Now, I'm going to break this down in pieces, little easy-to-digest pieces here, where we can look at this. But I think it's a really good time that we come against torments, because there are many people that are tormented, they're vexed, and all they need to be is triggered, and then bad things happen, and we're trying to avoid that. 
But if we'd like to, and if you'd like to get your pens and pencils out, folks, or write in your Bibles with a highlighter here, too, we're going to start out in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. And what we read in 1 John 4, 18, you've heard this many times. It says, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Now, I'm reading from the King James, and we read about that perfect love, and that's like a mature or an adult love, but you need to go about a thousand times above that and really see that, that it's the love of God. When you read the whole thing there, it's the love of God casts out fear. Now, why is that? Because it says right afterwards, because fear has torment. And isn't that about the truth? And you know what? We're constantly being fed a diet of fears and anxieties. And uh, just with the CV-19, we're, we're given a constant diet of fear with the election that's coming up here very soon, with the whole COVID stuff, all the different things that they want to do, shut this down, can't do that. And I tell you what, in Germany, this can vary from town to town. Okay, but now look at this. But fear does have torment. Let's look at these really quick. Now, for example, like anxiety or anxious thoughts, they are very tormenting. And when you bundle that in with like a mind racing spirit or if you have a, a hyperactive mind, a hyperactive imagination or mental, but put, put a guilty conscience with that, anxiety and anxious thoughts can be very tormenting. There is the fear of what might become. Hey, am I going to get sick? Uh, the whole world that t tells me that I'm going to catch this COVID and, and die a horrible death, right? Or the fear of what might become. We have friends that are going to have a wedding this weekend here too. And one of the things that like to torment around times of weddings or any family get-togethers is we have these fears or anxieties of what someone might say, what someone might do, and all these disasters running through our mind of how people are going to poke us or provoke focus, and that is very tormenting as, as well. So fear of what might become, you know, the tormenting fears of what are they going to say? What are they going to do, right? There are future fears, right? Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of this coming out. What happens when the uh, asteroid comes and kills the planet? You know, what am I going to do then? Sometimes this can also come through with like prophecy, and sometimes you can kind of tell false prophecy when it's only fear, 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 death and destruction. Actually, the Bible tells us that uh, the gift of prophecy is to be used for edification and for comfort of the believers. Now, there's another area of tormenting fears, and we're talking about fears and torment here. You know, sometimes we have these voices in our head, right, or we have, we have a fear of some remembrance or someone or something that happened to us. Many times they'll refer to this like a post-traumatic stress, but what happens is it's very tormenting, okay? There are people that have gone through either abuse, they've gone through rape, uh, they've gone through some type of, of being mistreated, and that is where a fear or a, tor that's where a torment gets way down deep into, into the soul of a person. Another good example of this is for people that have been in car wrecks. Now, I pray that you never get in a car wreck, but there are people that have been in fender benders or car wrecks, but you see there's always that torment there, and then you're driving along, and way far up ahead, you'll see a red light, and something inside of you will start, will start clenching up, right? And you see there are many things, and there's many thoughts, and there are many fears that just cause a torment, okay? So anyway, so we're going to look at that here. That's one type of torment. Now, let's go to Job chapter 19, verse 2, and I want to look at another, another uh, uh, torment here. It says, how long will you vex my soul and break me in pieces with words? 
Now, this is another torment, torment here, too. You know, vexing of the soul. How long will you torment my soul? Now, the soul is the mind, the will, the emotions, or your heart. And yes, vexation and torment can happen there too, right? Now, you know, we know, we, we've always heard of somebody with, where they are vexed in their mind, right? Made angry, vexed in the emotions, you know, easily angered, always angry. You could put melancholy, depression into this area too, right? And now notice this here too, and notice how this, this torment found its way in there. It says, how long are you going to vex my soul and break me in pieces with words? And if, if that isn't something. And people, we have words coming at us all the time. They're either coming from other people. They're coming from what we read in the internet. They, they come from what we see in TV, what comes across our smartphones. And you know, the enemy knows he has so many different attitudes to come and really and vex our soul, vex our mind, our will, our emotions, and our heart. And so we come against that in Jesus' name. And you know what? It's another form of oppression. It's, it's, it's oppression. And we talked about this a little bit ago, right, where there's oppression on us. And you know what? You can really see this on all the, uh, the crackdowns that are coming across all the different countries, all the different cities. And it's a form of, form of oppression because we get bound. And here's the thing. We get bound in our will. Right? We get bound up in our will to where we don't know what we can do. We don't know what we can't do. And that gets very tormenting and very vexation. At the beginning of this whole panic that was coming out, there were people who were even wondering if they could even go outside anymore. So, And that can be tormenting. Now, there's another form of oppression out there, too. And if you look at it, and we're talking about breaking me in pieces with words. You can look at the example of Samson and Delilah. And it's written there that, is that she vexed and tormented him daily with her words. Uh, he was vexed unto death. And so there we see an open door and an open ch a channel to death where that brings. That brings death into a person. That will bring death into relationships. I mean, that, that will bring death into your future because, because that's there right? And it was all something because Delilah, she wanted something. She wanted to know the source of his strength so she could get paid off or whatever. So anyway, but there are, there are real torments that happen there. And so you see, it's not just like, well, it aggravates me a little bit there too. It is an open door for death. It says it vexed his soul unto death. So let's go, let's go on here. Now, Let's go to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 2, verse 11. And we should give, give heed to this because a real smart guy in the Bible, he wrote these. He checked these out. He looked at these. He had a lot of time to, to study. In Ecclesiastes, chapter 2, verse 11, it's written, and it says, Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought. I looked at all my work. I looked at everything I did. And I looked at the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no prophet under the sun. Now, Ecclesiastes 2.11, this wise king, right, he noted too of all of his works, all of his labor, and he noticed that his labors were vanity, you know, emptiness, and he noticed it was a vexation of his spirit. And if we look at the German translation after this, it says, you know what, it looks like everything I had worked for, I was just chasing after the wind. You want to notice this here too. If you notice parts in your life or you get that feeling in your life, it's like I'm chasing after the wind. It, all my best, best efforts are ending up empty, right? This is vexation. This is torment, people. 
It's like you go to work and your whole work and your whole life feels empty and useless and I don't know why I'm why I'm doing this anymore. And the enemy will put pressure on that too. This is why some people commit suicide sadly is because they get to the point and they go it's empty, it's lonely, it's vanity, right? And I just feel like I'm chasing after win my enti- entire life. And how about this little last part on the part there, too? It says, and there was no profit under the sun. You know what? No profit points right back to poverty there, too. And poverty and not having any money, not having any resources. And these, this is for the people that really try, right? For the people that don't try, they need to try and put a little something into action here, too. But then there are, I know, hardworking people, and they've went forward. And it's like, you know what, Elvis? As soon as I get my nose above the water, something drags me right back down again. And folks, that's a torment and that's vexation. And notice here too, this vexation goes right down to the spirit. It says vexation of your spirit. And the Bible also says a wounded spirit. Who can bear that? And people, this is how our spirit gets wounded. This is how our spirit gets bruised. When you sit there and talk and go, you know what? Having no spirit anymore, there's just nothing in me anymore. That's a pretty low spot. Now, let's go on. Six verses below. You can read in between, but I want to go forward to Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 17 now. And notice what he opens up here. You notice He noticed that there was a lot of emptiness. There was no profit in his labor, and everything really seemed like it was just, a, it was just chasing after the wind. In verse 17, it starts out with, therefore, I hated life. And we know too many people like that. And there are people that that there and they get to the point and they hate life. It says, I hated life because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me. Now, this opens up another area we need to talk about there, too, is torment. And notice, he says, the work under the sun is grievous unto me. And here's where we get into hatred of work, hatred of effort, right? Okay. And, you know, maybe there's an attitude that everything just needs to be given to me. And what's going to happen is, is, is like they, now notice, thousands of years ago, this is over, over 2,000 years ago, people, they were writing, they said, this is vanity, this is emptiness, and this is a vexation of spirit. Now, there are people out there, and I tell you what, if you hate your job and you really hate your job, point number one, okay? Number one, check your attitude, make sure it's not just you. But you know what? There are jobs out there that are not fun. They're not good, right? By the way, that's why they call it work and not play, right? Work is work, okay? But the thing is here too, some people end up at bad places. Some people end up working with bad people. And then what you need to do is you need to find somewhere else to go do that. But number one is give God a chance and ask God about your attitude, okay? Is it just me? Is it me with a hatred of work? Do I hate responsibility? Do I hate have to show up on time? And it's just like, well, do you like electricity? Do you like eating food? Do you like water coming out of the water pipes? You know, and so it's all looking into there. But now look at this. What I want to get to is when was when good people get caught in very bad situations and they come to that point. Therefore, I hated life. And I tell you what, if our lives are there without a purpose, and it feels like we're just chasing after the wind, even even in the Bible it says, you know, hey, don't be that way, chasing after every different form of doctrine. You know, don't be like a tumbleweed, we say, right? Don't be like those tumbleweeds you see on the Western movie that are just bouncing along, going along, uh, going along in life, okay? And so there we go, hatred of life. And we've been calling that out of people too. I hate my life. 
And there's people even hate their birthday. But it's like, therefore, I hated my life because everything I'm doing is just, it seems to be like emptiness and vexation of spirit, right? And this can be in your work life. This can be in your relationship life. This can be in your financial life. And yes, this can also be in your spiritual life. So now let's go on a little bit more. Also in the book of, book of Ecclesiastes, because this is really good. In Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 9, it's written, it says, Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the desire. And this is also vanity and vexation of spirit. Now, what we're talking about here is like eyes that are always wanting, okay? Hey, and, and eyes that are always wanting, or let's go one step a little bit deeper, eyes that are always lusting, right? And it says, better is the sight of the eyes than, than the wandering of your lust, okay? And you want this, and you want that, and you want this, and you want that. But like the Bible says, if you want everything, but you can't even take your hand out of your cloak to feed yourself. And a great example of this looking at our desires and what we don't have, let's look at addictions now just as an example here, okay? And it's just the wandering of the desire. Hey, this can be, like we said, in, in addictions. And you know what? Addictions are empty. You notice that? Hey, whether it's cigarettes, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether it's sugar or bread or chips or cookies, whatever the addiction is, sexual addiction, whatever, sports addiction, game addiction, whatever that is, please notice, you know, we pray that these people wake up and come to themselves and realize it is empty. It's vanity. Addictions are vanity because as soon as you get it, as soon as you get that cookie, it's like, wow, I finally got it. You throw it in your mouth, you swallow it down, and guess what? It's empty. You forget it. Your addiction to that, the addiction to whatever it is, as soon as you're done with it, okay, whether it's an object or a person, as soon as you're done with it, well, then that's it. And it's very empty. And what it actually is, you're vexing your spirit. You are tormenting yourself. Okay, so there's another area of torments. Now, looking at the lust part there too, you know, for men and for women, you need to watch out for this. Go back to the story of Tamar in the Bible. She had a stepbrother by the name of Amnon, and he just absolutely, positively had to have her. And please note, he was thinking it was love. That was his version of love, right? I'm so in love with her, I just have to have her. And then one of his wicked counselors and his wicked friends came to him and said, say this and this, you say this and this to her father, you say this and this to her, you say this and this, you have her do all these things here too, and you can have her. And you know what? He got what he lusted after there, right? The, de the desire of his eyes, all that lust and greed and everything else like that, okay? He got what he wanted, and at the end of that, it says, the hate wherewith he hated her was more than the love that he loved her. You got that? There's that thing, too. You can get so tormented by, by these lust things that it actually goes out and it destroys another person. Okay? There's that there, too. I don't want anybody to be, to be destroyed. There should be a lot of, lot, of messages, a lot of messages in that. Okay? So, you know, one thing is call the spirits of lust and greed out of the eyes. And all the spirits of tormenting lust, tormenting greed, or any tormenting addiction. Elvis, give me an example of a tormenting addiction. Cigarettes. Ever seen somebody run out of cigarettes? Right? They have to make a beeline to find them. And they've run out of cigarettes and they're having a nicotine fit. 
I just say that one. There's many of those too. You can go from backwards to forwards, but you know what? And the thing is, hey, drugs, when an addict needs his fix and does not have a drug, he will steal whatever they need to steal. They'll hurt whoever they need to hurt to go and get their next thing. And then they have their next drug. And a short time later, it's back to the, it's back to the emptiness and the vexation of their spirit. And so we're talking about tormenting today, okay? Now, let's go on to another topic in here too. It's Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. Let's talk about another another torment here. And this is real too. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant, he's lying at home sick. Let's just highlight that right there. He's lying at home sick of the palsy and he is grievously tormented. Now, what the palsy is, is that was a form of paralysis. We may know that more closely today with like multiple sclerosis, but something was going on and it's paralysis, what that is, okay? Home, sick of the palsy and grievously tormented. Now, there are many people that are sick, right? There, there is paralysis and paralysis can be very tormenting. Even a temporary paralysis or a, a temporary uh, loss of, of part of our body is very tormenting, right? Physical ailments are very vexing and very tormented, okay? Hey, it's, it's not nice to have the cold and flu, right? But you know, for people that have been sick for some time, and hey, you can be physically tormented, mentally tormented, right? Okay. And so what happens is, is that here it was that the poor guy was paralyzed and it's a grievous torment. Now, there are other people for other reasons, whatever, they become paralyzed. Uh, for what, There's a real torment there. So let's keep going. There's hope. Now, let's go to Psalm chapter 6, verses 2 and 3. And I think it uh, gets even better if we go to four. But you know what? In Psalm chapter six, verses two and three, it starts out by saying, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. Okay? Here's what we see here, too, is a, a, a vexation and a torment in the bones. And when we're praying healing for people, when we're praying healing for people, it's always really important to is come after the spirits that are in the bones. And by the way, the teeth are also considered the bones, folks. If you've got joints, you've got ankles, knees, hips, backs, shoulders, necks, all in that where there are spirits of torment right in there too. But it says, it says, Lord, heal me for my bones are vexed. Now notice this in verse three here too. Not only were the bones vexed, it says my soul is also sore vexed, okay? It's even more, even more than the torment that was that was in David's bone there. He says my soul is even more sore vexed, okay? And again, people, that's the mind, the will, the emotions, and the heart. And there's a lot of vexing stuff that happens in there too. And you know what? There, there is so much freedom from vexation of the mind and from vexation of the uh, emotions. Really, sadness, sorrow, melancholy, hopelessness, loneliness, you know, there's healing for that. Come against that in Jesus' name. Fall out of agreement with it in Jesus' name. There's deliverance for that. Ask God to help you on that one. Verse 4, look at this. It was prayed here, return, O Lord, deliver my soul. And save me for your mercy's sakes. Great prayer there to do. And pray that. Say, Lord, deliver my mind. Lord, I need my mind back. 
Lord, I need my emotions back. My emotions are so bound up. My emotions are so upside down, Lord. I need them back in Jesus' mighty name. People, those are yours. Take them back. Do not let the enemy, do not let circumstances, do not let stuff take that away from you. And if you put up with it, they will take it away away from you. Okay? So let's go forward here. Incredible. So much this on torment and on vexation. Now, here we go. Here's another area that opens the door to torment on us. And I think sometimes we uh, kind of forget this. But in Matthew chapter 18, verses 32 through 35, we read of a story where a man was forgiven a great debt. He was forgiven a great debt. So what did the guy do? He goes back outside and he finds somebody who doesn't really owe that much money to him. It's a, a lot less money to him. And he doesn't forgive forgive the guy. He just goes and he has that guy thrown right into prison. Well, he had to show back up and give account to the first master. And it says, then his Lord, after that, he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant. You know, I forgave you all of that debt because you asked me. And should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? Now, verse 34, and his Lord was wroth. And Jesus was gave, Jesus, Jesus gave this parable, right? And his Lord was wroth, and he delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all, all that was due him. You know what? Here's the, th- here's the thing, Father, right? Here's the thing. So likewise shall my, fa- my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. We're talking unforgiveness here, okay? And you always hear people go, well, forgive, forgive. Yeah, absolutely, positively, there's times there. But if you have a lot of torment in your life, right, go back and ask the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Holy Spirit, is there an area here? Is there a vexation here, right? Is there something, you know, uh, out of whack here? What do I need to do? And you know what? Then You know it's the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit puts his finger on a specific issue, Okay, not you're a bad person, oh, you're ugly, you're horrible, how can you be so bad? No, the Holy Spirit is, is going to say, here, here, you did this, okay? You've been forgiven, and you're holding bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, rage, whatever else like that to this here, okay? And that's another way with torments. There is so much there, and anger and bitterness, by the way, not good for your bones either. Now, let's go on here. Let's keep moving forward, right? In Luke chapter 6, verses 17 and 18, it says, And he came down with them, and he stood in the plain, and the company of his disciples, and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem, and from the, and from the sea coast of Tyre, about Sidon. Okay, all this stuff here. But what, what was he doing there? And they came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Praise the Lord. And they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. Now you read that, and we need to read our Bibles with deliverance eyes when we see this. They were vexed with unclean spirits. Do you see that? People go, oh, you you don't need deliverance. Oh, you don't uh, healing. You, you don't need all that stuff. I'm sorry. Another area of torment in our life are unclean spirits, simply said demons or evil spirits, right? Wicked, evil, negative spirits, right? That want to vex us, okay? It's not always just... You know, whatever. It's always not always just a bone. It's not something, but you can be you can uh, you can be vexed with an unclean spirit. Think of Saul. Think of King Saul. Remember, remember how he did everything that he did, and and God sent a spirit, and it troubled him. And David had to come play his harp. And when David played his harp and and sang songs back then, that's that example, right? It's like the spirit would go away, or the spirit would lift temporarily. Okay. 
And so that's what happened. So that's another thing too. Bitterness, okay? Bitterness, very tormenting, okay? Unforgiveness, very tormenting, and it gets there, right? So praise the Lord. Good that we're learning all this. Now look at this. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 24, it says, And his fame went throughout all of Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments. They brought the torment, and they said, you know, you, you, you're tormented. You need some Jesus in your life, right? Let Jesus get a hold of you, right? Torment. Sometimes that's what it takes, and, and there's times when we're tormented. There's times when we're vexed and everything, and, you know, a, a lot of times what we do is we just try harder. We just try to get out of that instead of just saying, okay, Lord, I surrender. I am tormented here. I'm vexed. What's going on, Lord? It may start out with, hey, forgiveness, and then it may go right into, it's like, you know what? Just start binding up and casting out the spirits of bitterness, anger, resentment, uh, fears, anxieties. And you know what? That's what's great about the Holy Spirit because he'll put his finger on specifically what concerns you. It's not a whole blanket thing. You are an individual before your Father in heaven, okay? And what's going to happen is he will love to help you. How do we know that? Because he says it. Now look at this here too. Now back in Matthew 24, we talked about torments and it says, and those which were possessed with devils. Yes, it happens. Now talking about torments, the awesome thing is when we go through this and maybe some torments have come up in your life, you've been listening to this or thoughts or whatever, or, you know, a torment is there. The torment will let you know that it's there. And you know what? The great thing about that is we love and serve the God of all comfort. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. And if you're vexed and you're tormented, hey, if, it's, if it gets into areas of uh, uh, unforgiveness or whatever, well, praise God that we love the Father of mercies. And thank God for all of his mercies because we need those. And thank you, Father, for having mercy towards us. But look at that part there. It says, the God of all comfort. Now, if you would please come with me to John chapter 14. This is excellent. John chapter 14, and we're in verse 16. Now, notice this. Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he says, we'll start in, ver in verse 16. It says, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. And whenever I see those words forever, I will forever point out forever, right? The comforter that he may abide with you forever. And I always ask people in church or on broadcast, I say, how long is forever? Now notice this here too. We have a comforter and that was the Holy Spirit. Okay. And that is inside of us. The Bible teaches us that our spirits are sealed until the day of redemption by the Holy Spirit. Okay, now notice this. So this is what you have inside of you. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth, who the world cannot receive. Right, the world with a worldly spirit, right? Not a Christian, right? Who the world cannot receive. Sometimes we get very tormented. Sometimes we get very vexed and we go, how can these people do this? How can these people uh, uh, say this? How could these people, you know, how could they do this to other people? Okay, the world cannot receive the spirit of truth. Now notice this, they can't receive it because it seeth him not. 
The world does not see him, and the world neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Did you know you had a source of comfort right inside of you? Okay. And your source of comfort, the Holy Spirit from God above, is in there. What if we stir that up in Jesus' mighty name? Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, I could really use some of your comfort today. Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, I have this situation, and it's really tormenting me. Lord, I need your insight. Lord, I need your understanding on this. Lord, could you send me some comfort today? You can pray that, folks. Okay, I've prayed for comfort. Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, can you send me some encouragement today? Right, Lord, can you send me some hope today? And boy, that should be a, a daily prayer, right? But you see, this is the thing. We have the comforter inside of us. We have the spirit of truth inside of us. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You have the spirit of truth inside of you. Okay, the world can't receive it, and the world doesn't see it, and the and the world doesn't know it. And you know what? Those spirits are going to try to do the same thing to you, right? You're not going to be received. You're going to feel rejected. You'll feel reproached in some corners. Well, you know, with real worldly people, you're going to find out you're going to fit in less and less with, with worldly people and worldly-minded. Yep, it'll get so bad, you'll go right out of their mind. So here we go. Now, I want you to notice this, what Jesus says here too, because I really want to leave you folks with this, okay? This is the thing, right? Verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. Jesus Christ himself said and promised, he said, I will not leave your, you comfortless. I will not leave you comfortless. And the next part is, I will come to you. People, that's a red letter promise right out of your Bible right there, folks. Okay. Are you needing comfort? Are you under vexation or torment? Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I need your comfort. Okay. And now notice what Jesus does. He says, I will come to you. You realize that Jesus could come to each and every one of us at the exact same instant. Each and every one of us. You're not going to have to wait and go, oh, man, he's at Elvis right now. Boy, that's that's going to take 45 minutes before i got to wait. No, no, at the exact same time. Okay, that's what omnipresent means, people. Okay, now look at this. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Why is that such a big statement? Because every other religion, every other God, you have to go to it. You have to go to you have to go to the idol. You have to go to the demon behind the idol. You have to bring another sacrifice and another sacrifice and another offering and another sacrifice. And notice all this stuff here. You've got to bring all this stuff, right? You have to go to Buddha. You have to go to Allah. You have to go to this. You have to go to this, right? You have to go to Rome. You have to go to Jerusalem. You have to go to Mecca. You have to go to, I don't know, all the other places there too. Kathmandu. There you go. You got to go to Kathmandu, New Delhi, wherever wherever it is, okay? Every other religion outside of Jesus Christ, you have to go to it, and again, you have to bring a sacrifice. Do you notice the difference here? Jesus says, I'll come to you. Why? He was the sacrifice, people. He was the sacrifice. And what does he want to do? You go to all those other gods, right? You go to those other gods, and there's a fearful thing, and I fear, and I hope the God doesn't, I hope this God, or I hope this demon, I hope this idol doesn't fall over on top of me, right? Oh, I hope I don't make him angry. I hope I don't do this, right? And you know what? Get rid of those spirits, because that's going to transfer over in, in, uh, into your, your relationship with Christ, Right? Jesus said, I will come to you. Praise the Lord. Praise God that you're listening to this broadcast right now because for some of you out there, Jesus is coming to you now and wants to pass on comfort to you. 
that is that verse 18 John 16:18 is one of the most incredible verses in the entire Bible. That is what makes Jesus and our loving Father in heaven absolutely positively different than every other thing that wants to even try to call itself a god out there in the world or in the universe. Can you believe that? Lord of Lords, King of Kings wants to come to you. Okay? Why? Because he was the final sacrifice for everything. Wow, praise the Lord. Let's pray together really short here, okay, before uh, before the end of the broadcast. Father in heaven, in Jesus' mighty name, Lord, I confess my sins to you because, Lord Jesus, you are the only solution to my torment. You're the only solution to my addictions. Lord, you're the only solution to all the torments at work, in my relationships, just all the torment that I find in this world. And Lord, I come seeking you for your forgiveness in Jesus' mighty name. I come to you, Lord, seeking your forgiveness and your grace and your mercies. And thank you, Father God, for being the Father of mercies. And so, Lord, I need your mercy in my life now in Jesus' name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we start coming against all the fears right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, all tormenting fears in Jesus' mighty name. Let's go. All ungodly fears, all irrational fears, all fears about God. Come on, all that fear of abandonment from God. You loose God's people. We break your chains off, and we just cast you out in Jesus' mighty name. Everything out. The ungodly fear of disappointing God by some religious ritual. We break that now in Jesus' mighty name, and you loose God's people and let them go. Lord, we break the chains of anxiety, anxious thoughts, mind racing in Jesus' mighty name. All patterns of ADD mind racing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that's very tormenting to the people in Jesus' name. Tormenting to the people, tormenting to the people around them. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you. Come on, everything up and out now in Jesus' name. Let's go. All the vexation of the Spirit. We come against all post-traumatic stress, all torment through car wrecks, through abuse, all the all the tormenting thoughts and memories from abuse rape in Jesus mighty name accident injury death destruction we rebuke you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will lift off in Jesus name because Jesus said that he would come to us and in the name of Jesus you get out of the people now in Jesus mighty name Lord all vexations of the soul come up and come out now in Jesus name vexation against the mind all vexations against the mind all vexations against the will I can't do anything I have no strength all vexations against Against your strength, your energy, your attention span, we break that off in Jesus' mighty name. We come against all the spirits and all the directions throughout the entire world where they want to break us in pieces with words, all verbal abuse, all control, all manipulation, all domination. We break off all witchcraft words in Jesus' name, all curses in Jesus' mighty name, all voodoo, all hoodoo, all juju in Jesus' name, everything, all the word witchcraft in Jesus' mighty name, all the psychological manipulation and witchcraft through words in Jesus' mighty name to get you to do something in Jesus' name, we rebuke you. Father, we just break this off of being tormented daily unto death by words 
in Jesus' name. We rebuke all the patterns of, patterns of Delilah in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. All the vexation of a Delilah spirit in Jesus' mighty name. And all vexation also, and that spirit can also manifest through men. Come on, all the Amnon spirits, if you want to say that, folks. All the spirits of Amnon in Jesus' mighty name. We rebuke that if they're coming against you or if you have those spirits. They must go now in Jesus' mighty name. All the spirits and all the patterns, the vexation of the spirit, and also chasing after wind in Jesus' mighty name. Chasing after wind in Jesus' mighty name. A lot of effort, a lot of movement, but no success in Jesus' mighty name. Everything up and out. Come on, all that. I hate life. Come up and come out now in Jesus' name. I hate life. You loose God's people and you let them go. Hatred of life. Jesus Christ came to give us life and that abundantly. It is the devil that comes to steal and to kill and destroy. And that is the vexation. And that is the torment in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we command that to go. We break those patterns off of our life. Come on. Everything up and out now in Jesus' name. Let's go. All the vexation of the spirit, all the vexation of alcohol spirits, drug spirits, gluttony spirits, eating spirits. Let's go. Come on. Everything out. All the vexation. Cigarettes now in Jesus' mighty name. You get rid of those things and bind up all the want and need of that. All demonic want and need. All demonic lust behind the addictions, no matter what they are in Jesus' name. And we command all spirits of lust and greed to get up and out of the eyes in Jesus' name. We come against all evil concupiscence, which is the desire for the forbidden. All the desire for the forbidden in Jesus' name. I am just vexed and tormented until I get me some of that forbidden. We rebuke that in Jesus' name, and we take that out of the mouths, we take that out of the heart, we take that out of the desire center of the brain in Jesus' mind name, you loose God's people and you let them go. Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, we come against all the torment, the vexation, the discomfort of dis-ease, of disease, physical ailments. Come on, paralysis. Get out. Come on, all the people dealing with bad necks, bad backs, bad eyes, bad teeth, anything that's bad. Well, I've got a bad. We rebuke that in Jesus' name, all the vexations in Jesus' mighty name. The bad heart. Come on, bad kidneys. Everything up and out now in Jesus' name. Come on, we come against all spirits of death, diabetes, chronic disease in Jesus' mighty name, bone disease, blood disease, any and all vexations and all vexations against the mind and the blood and the body in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we call out all the torment and vexation out of the bones. My bones are always cold. I feel always cold. Come on, sore knees. Come on, sore ankles, feet, wherever there's a bone, Wherever there's a connection, a tendon, a ligament in Jesus' mighty name, we pray that to be restored exactly as the Lord Jesus Christ created that in Jesus' mighty name. We rebuke chronic illness, chronic disease, and we command all vexations to come off of our soul now in Jesus' name. Vexed in the emotions. Come on. Vexed by anger. Come on. Everything out now in Jesus' name. Everything vexing you in your emotions, vexing you in your heart, vexing you in your will and Jesus' mighty name. It says that the desire of the sluggard kills him. And that's in the will. It's like, I want this, I want that, I want this, but I'm not willing to do anything for it. We rebuke that in Jesus' name. 
all vexation with the media. Come on, everything up and out. Come on, all vexation with this whole CV-19 stuff going on. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you. All the fear of death, the vexation and torment of fear of horrible death, the torment of abandonment from God. God's going to forget me. God's going to throw me to the side. God's going to be disappointed in me. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you up and out now in Jesus' name, Lord. Lord, we come to you for your comfort. And Lord, stir up Father in heaven in Jesus' name for everybody out there that's been sealed by the Holy Spirit, saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, saved by his grace in Jesus' name. We stir up. Lord, we ask the Holy Spirit to stir up the gifts within us now in Jesus' name. We stir up the mercy. We stir up the comfort now, the comfort of the Lord. And Lord, we pray for your understanding. Lord, we pray for your insight in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. We pray that now in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Father, we just bind up all backlash, retribution, accidents, injury, death, destruction, Father, everything that would come against God's people in Jesus' name. We pray a blessing for the listeners now in Jesus' name, Lord. We ask that you open that, Father, and help us, Lord. Father, we pray for spirits of conviction and repentance because it leads to your grace in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. And Father, we pray that, Lord, wash us with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we shall be clean in Jesus' name. Lord, heal us, and we shall be healed, and deliver us, and we shall be delivered in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Father. We thank you for the word of God. Thank you for what it says in the Bible, Lord. And Father, we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise, Lord. Father, I lift the people's feet out of the paths of death and destruction, and Lord, I plant their feet on the paths of righteousness and on the narrow way in Jesus' name, Lord, and help them, Father. Father, we pray for hope, and we lose hope where there is no hope in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. Those that are tormented by no hope and no vision of the future, Father, in Jesus' name, we lose your hope in there in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. And Father, we pray for discernment for the people, wisdom for the people, and I pray that through your Holy Spirit, you would show them in your word, Father, the way and the path to freedom. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen and amen. Amen. What an incredibly powerful show today, Elvis. This one is one for the record books. Very quickly, in the waning part of the show here, Elvis, give out your information for how folks can find your handiwork. Yeah, thank you again, Sheila, for having me on tonight. It's really great. Great to be back. Uh, We hope tonight's message is a real blessing to folks, and uh, they can come over and visit us at the Elvis Newhart Network. We have Sunday church services, and we have Tuesdays with Elvis, which runs during the day. Uh, across the entire United States and around the world. Thank you, and God bless you. Thanks, Elvis. Folks, that was Pastor Elvis Newhart. His information is linked below in the description. This was such a powerful show. Go to SheilaZelinski.com in the contact form. We want to hear testimonies back from this very powerful program. Share this. Share this on your social media. Get this out to your believer friends. This is such a timely show. I hope you are very blessed by the program today. Thank you very much for tuning in. We will see you real soon. Good night and God bless you.